Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday edition. Is this Wednesday? I don't know what day of the week it is. It's Wednesday! It's Wednesday! Edition of the show. Kyle is back. Ben's not here. Dude, do you realize how fast Ben Solak talks? Like, holy crap. Yeah, we just spent a week with him, so... I mean, the the dude is a million miles per hour. It's the, the gift and curse of genius, right? You have such processing power that the human brain and the human mouth are only capable of processing so much of it and outputting so much of it in a single time. But if I wanted to be like Ben Solak, I would start talking like this throughout the course of the entire podcast and talk about all the offensive standouts at the NFL Combine and how Kyler Murray really generated some zip on the ball. Breathe. Um, yeah, that was weird. I had a few people text me like, man, <gasps> I couldn't. Uh, yeah, but Ben, great information. What happened? I blacked out. Slow down, my dude. All right, so today is the defensive recap um, for the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine. We went offense yesterday, talking defense today. Joseph, I have some bad news. What? It's Tuesday. You know, one of these days I'm going to learn what day of the week it is. It all runs together, brother. We've been on the road, and uh, it's Tuesday. It all runs together. <laughs> so whatever day this is, we're going to talk about the defensive top mm. takeaways, good, bad, Whatever. Defensive tackles. Let's start there. Sure. Quinn Williams? Yeah. Alabama? Big time standout. Yeah, you know, he came out and did what he needed to do. He comes in 6'3", 303, 483, 40-yard dash, 112-inch broad jump. And to me, he just came out and proved that he's the best defensive tackle in the class. Had a good size check-in. He moved well for his size. The tape backs it up. And so not that he did anything extraordinary. I mean, obviously the 483 40-yard dash time is really good. But he did what he needed to do to solidify himself as a top defensive tackle prospect in the class. Yeah, no question. I think one of the interesting things, Joe, as we look at this landscape of the top ten and we start considering some teams and some of the dominoes that may or may not fall Quinnen's kind of an interesting peg right now. You know, it's, you know, we've generally considered this guy to be a, a plug-in top three guarantee, but now there's some uncertainty with what the Cardinals want to do with their pick because that's an evolving situation. So Quinnen really needed to benefit from having a good showing, and I thought he did that to really solidify his standing. Uh, another name, obviously, Ed Oliver, yeah. who uh, showed up 287, yeah. which uh, thick boy, much thicker than we thought he'd be considering we were under the impression that he was uh, walking around somewhere in the 270s, low 270s. Uh, obviously, the sum of this was a weight bulk because he didn't run. He didn't do a lot of testing. He did do the jumps, and his jumps were good. Yeah, so good. it's uh, something we'll talk about when we transition and talk about some of the edge guys, too. When you add weight and you sustain explosiveness, that's a win, and that's exactly what Ed Oliver did. Kyle? Uh, I'm going to quickly shift gears to a guy that was terrible. I'm talking about the worst performer of any player in the combine, and it's time to squash this bug. 
I'm talking about Isaiah Bugs. This was egregious, horrible. 6'3", 306, 31 and a quarter inch arms. He is in the zero percentile for wingspan when it comes to defensive tackles. 5'1", 540-yard dash is okay. 24 and a half inch vert, 8 three cone, 485 short shuttle. This is a fail. This is a fail in a big way. He has inconsistent tape. Now, I get it. He has some really impressive moments. There's times where you're like, wow, that's one of the Alabama defensive linemen that I've known uh, and become to love their style. But, man, Isaiah Bugs has inconsistencies on tape in terms of effort. He he does. He throttles it down some, from time to time on that motor. But this testing was, was the worst of any player at any position in the entire combine. Now, you might not be wrong that – Isaiah Bugs had a bad combine, but if I'm talking about defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen who had a bad showing, my mind goes to Draymond Jones, who came in at 281, ran 5.12, was not explosive whatsoever. I think he jumped 30 inches in the vert. Uh, His shuttles were bad. Everything was bad with Draymond Jones, and this was a guy coming in undersized, much like Ed Oliver. You needed to see a requisite level of athleticism, especially considering this is not a guy that contributes at all against the run. He is consistently washed out of the line of scrimmage, does not anchor well, uh, does not hold up well at the point of attack against power concepts. Uh, He is strictly a first-step guy, and now... His first step's not all that great either. So I, don't, I really don't know what the hell I'm going to do with Draymond Jones, but I can tell you one thing I am doing is I'm moving him down the draft board. Kyle, I want to mention a couple other standouts and turn over the page here to the edge position, and I'm going to give you the lead on that because I know you've got the takes there. Uh, Jerry Ooh-wee. Tillery, Jerry Tillery, Notre Dame, Rennell Wren from Arizona State, Tristan Hill from Central Florida, I thought, all three of those guys did very well for themselves and uh, really boost. I mean, honestly, I think they all elevated their draft stock based on what they did at the Combine. Let's talk about Edge, and I'm going to give you the floor. Listen, folks, gather around the campfire, grab a seat. It's only be a minute, I think. No promises. I came into the NFL Combine, and two of my, to- my top three players were Nick Bosa, Quinn Williams, and Brian Burns from Florida State. Uh, The way my grading process works is you are graded on the film. Once you're assigned a film score, it puts you into a tier, a bucket, and uh, you are then slotted once I have all the information about you as a player in your entire resume uh, versus the other players at that same position in your bucket. We're doing a horizontal draft board this year. So uh, Nick Bosa, Brian Burns were both top 10 grades for me. Nick Bosa had a very slight edge, pun intended, Slight edge on Brian Burns based on the film. I thought they had comparable film. Obviously, Nick's a little bit more uh, universal scheme type guy, but I do think Brian Burns' ceiling is higher, and I don't think he's the liability against the run that we wanted to make him out to be. So Brian comes into the combine, 249. Okay, great. Nick does exactly what you expected Nick would do. He's not a elite athlete. But he checks every single box from a prototype standpoint. He meets the thresholds required to be a high-caliber starting defensive end at the NFL level. Great. He's, still, he's in the top-ten bucket. He's, he had a very respectable grade. He had good production. Uh, the injury obviously hurt him a little bit as far as playing experience. But, again, you're in the top-ten bucket. You're going to be, at worst, one of the five best players in the class. Brian Burns, two-year starter, 22 sacks and 26 career starts. Averaged over one tackle per loss per game. Against his top competition in each of the last two years, 
Uh, he had four sacks and seven tackles for loss in six games against teams like Alabama, Clemson, high-quality stuff. And then Brian, at 249, when we were expecting high 220s, well, we weren't. No. We tried to warn you. But uh, the, the narrative was 220s. Uh, Brian Burns runs four five three, like a one six one ten yard split, vertical jump of thirty six inches. Joe, you can confirm this. I'm not looking at anything on the screen. This is all right here in the steel trap. Uh, Burns had a broad of ten nine, a short shuttle of seven oh one. Three cone of seven. Three. I'm sorry. Three cone of seven oh one, and his short shuttle was. Four, two, four? I don't have that in front of me. Okay, actually, he didn't run that one of them. So that's really great testing for a guy that added. And Stanley McClover, who's his older brother, put out a picture of Brian Burns on December 18th or December 11th, one of those two days, and Brian Burns was 228 pounds. Fast forward to now. And he's added 21 pounds on his frame and tested like that. Those metrics are phenomenal. They were very close on film. But I say all that to say this, and I explain it so that you don't think this is just an antiquated hot take. Brian Burns is going to be my number one edge defender in this year's class. Hot take, Burns. I Uh, just told you it wasn't a hot take. I explained it. Explain the process. No, you did, and uh, I credit credit you for that. Uh, very thorough and showed your work. Um, let me talk about Montez Sweat, just uh, some dude that went out there and ran the best 40-yard dash ever for a defensive lineman at the NFL Scouting Combine. No big deal. 4-4-1, uh, 40-yard dash. Jumped 36 inches in the vert, 10-5 broad, and a 7-second 3-cone. I think that's what we didn't expect, right? Everybody thought he could move. There was no questions there, but this guy had really good agility testing, and uh, we had some you know, a lot of concerns about his ability to corner the edge track and really important for edge defenders to be able to consistently win around that outside hip. Has some questions about that with Sweat. Still do. You know, Sweat still do because I don't think he plays at this type of athleticism, right? He's, a, he's an athletic player, but that, I mean, his, his functional athleticism is probably not anywhere near what this uh, testing would lead you to believe. But when you talk about a guy with his production across the last two seasons in the SEC, this type of testing, this types of, this, uh, of, of physical measurables in terms of height, weight, uh, and length, you've got a guy with blue chip physical upside that he's going to go in the top 16. 10. Yeah. Top 10. There only can be 10 players drafted in the top 10, so that's kind of a challenge right now. But I don't think he gets past Carolina right there in the middle of the first round. I think that's the absolute floor. But, I mean, Green Bay at 12, Miami at 13, uh, the Lions at 8. Uh, who else needs pass rush? I, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too crazy and start throwing them in the top five, but like there's landmines, significant landmines across yeah. that that stretch of picks. And yeah, I, I would caution everyone not to overcorrect the other way. The reason why I'm so pumped up on Brian Burns is I thought this was the caliber of player that he was coming into the NFL Combine with a guy like Montez Sweat, a guy who carried a solid second round grade for me. Is this Jordan Willis again? Yeah. You know, would you, I mean, John Ledger looked over at us, and, and when, once he ran, and they confirmed that he ran like four four two, he's like, dude, this is Jordan Willis all over again. Watch. He's going to blow the doors off of every single test. It's not going to make any sense whatsoever. And that's exactly what he did. He was phenomenal with his athletic testing. But from a functional perspective, yeah, I still have some apprehension there. With that said, really like his length, 
Really like his the pop in his hands. Really like his ability in head up situations to really stack guys up. But when he has to turn the corner, I'm not sold on the volume and depth of his pass rush playing yet. So that's an area for me that you aren't going to prove that at the NFL Combine. All I can go off of is your tape. So I, I, I may go back and look at Montez again and look for maybe a little bit more uh, in the way of examples of flexibility in the lower half, but I won't be adjusting his grade too much. Yeah, I think we've got to talk about Ja'Kai Polite. We, we did a lot of twitching over the last few days. Press F in the chat for Ja'Kai Polite. <laughs> well, the thing is, a lot of questions about Polite, and that's because there's a lot of questions about Ja'Kai Polite, a guy that who many probably thought was a first-round pick, and now I think that's very unlikely. And it's not just because of some poor testing. It's the way that he handled that interview process. A lot of very negative feedback from teams about how he conducted himself in those moments. A lot of interesting comments by Polite himself at the podium about how he was just bashed uh, repeatedly by teams and just kind of had a very negative sense. And that kind of goes along with some of the concerns we had heard going into the Combine uh, about maybe some, uh, some work ethic and football character type things. But on top of that, he's 6'2", 258, and he ran 484 and uh, 32 inch vertical jump. Those are not great numbers for a guy whose calling card was his burst and explosion around the edge as a speed rusher. And so I think that Ja'Kai Polite, a guy that we talked about maybe even as early as number 12 to the Packers, is more of a guy that's we talk more in that Tim Williams type uh, stratosphere than we do as a, as a top half of the first round or maybe even a first round pick altogether. And I do think if there was a home for him in the first round, it may be the Rams there at 31. But uh, I think that he maybe did too much damage for, uh, this past week uh, to, to talk about him seriously as a first-round prospect right now. Yeah, I think we got to uh, put this one out in the backyard because there, there's very little you can do to bounce back from an impression like this. This isn't just dude put on bad weight to try and bulk up and then test it bad. This, the, this is a whole different level of preparation, expectation, understanding of what you're getting into, uh, lack of self-awareness. There's there's just a lot here to unpack. Yeah, a couple of the quick uh, shout-outs. Ben Banigou from Texas Christian, Anthony Nelson, Iowa, Max Crosby from Eastern Michigan all really performed well, boost their respective draft stocks a lot. Kyle, let's talk linebackers. And there's a couple guys with the first name Devin that did pretty damn good. And I think we've got our top two backers in the class in Devin Bush from Michigan, Devin White from LSU. Yeah, uh, Devin Bush for me is still comfortably the top linebacker, but Devin, I say Devin White. Yeah, White's the one. Yeah, I think, De- Devin White is comfortably my top linebacker, but Devin Bush, damn you, Devins, you got me all crossed up. Uh, separated himself from Mac Wilson, who for me was yeah. kind of in that same kind of tier and perception, and not even that Mac did anything wrong because he didn't test. You know, it's just like Devin Bush, two thirty four. Thought he's an ascending prospect based on the tape that he put on from 2017 to 2018 with the mental processing and getting better challenging blocks and being less passive to run underneath of them and running 4-3 or 4-4-1 or 4-4-3 or whatever it was and just blazed, super explosive. Um, And my mock draft drop on Monday at the Draft Network, and that was the reason why I was not here on the pod yesterday, and uh, I inexplicably had some Steelers fan who I gave Devin Bo- or Devin White, Devin Bush, damn you Devins, uh, ask why I gave them an antiquated two-down pass rusher. And I don't know what the hell you're looking at if you think Devin Bush is an antiquated two-down pass rusher because 
Uh, his development as a football player over the course of the last 12, 16 months has been very, very impressive. Who is Blake Cashman, linebacker from Minnesota? Because this guy had a dominant performance. I mean, this is a guy that really tested well all across the board with elite testing. Elite testing. And I'd never watched his tape going into the event. So, you know, one thing that maybe we'll talk about later in the week is who the guys that were most eager to go back and watch. Blake Cashman running a 4.5, 37.5 inch vert, 10 2 broad, 6.953 cone, 412 uh, four, short shuttle, elite testing. I know Jonah Toll's a f- friend of ours. Went and did his tape right away and really loved what he saw. Flag has been planted. Big time. He compared him to Leighton Vander Esk and don't Jonah Tolls is a Cowboys homer. So I'm anxious to see this uh, Blake Cashman. He couldn't have done more to help himself in Indy. Joe, any linebackers that stand out to you the other way? Yeah, Joe Giles Harris from Duke. And, and I thought the combine was really big for him to uh, – solidify himself as maybe even a top five player at the position but his testing was really poor i had concerns about his range and functional mobility on tape and he can he confirmed those concerns with his testing was certainly hoping for more out of him because i think he's really good playing into the line of scrimmage i think he's a great tackler but the reality is in today's nfl where a lot second level defenders need to be able to to win in space and be able to cover ground and, and defend against pace and space offenses uh, joe giles harris really fell short of the Mark, when it comes to what we're looking for in, in linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, one quick shout-out for um, Drew Tranquil yep. from Notre Dame, who had himself very impressive athletic testing. This was a guy's former safety at Notre Dame, has had some injuries and health issues that really bogged him down for a little while. I thought he came into the Senior Bowl and did okay. You know, I kind of perceived him at the time as you know maybe somebody that could get on a little bit of the Alex Anzalone plan where he didn't quite develop the way you wanted him to because he was always hurt, but he's an athletic kid. And then you watch him at the senior bowl, and he's like, well, he didn't really have the week that Anzalone had, so I guess that's not going to happen. And then he tests, and he tested really well. So uh, that's a player for me that i got a star next to is potentially – uh, a player that's really helped himself through this combine process. And I know the character is really high there, too, so that's going to be something teams will really love. Let's talk corners. Interesting group of corners. Fast group of corners. Yeah. What do you got? You take the lead on this one. How about uh, Greedy Williams? Greedy Williams breaking 4-4 is a huge notch in his belt, especially considering guys like uh, Byron Murphy, DeAndre Baker, not guys that tested super explosive or dynamic um it's a little bit of a buzz kill for those guys, for those other guys but for greedy williams uh this is the big exclamation point that puts you back in the conversation for a lot of people to be potentially the top corner drafted because you put out some ugly tape what makes people forget about ugly tape at the cornerback position fast fast and long yep. hey guess what greedy williams is fast and long so we've got those things covered uh, with this athletic testing that he's put on display, uh, which he did yesterday here in Indianapolis. Uh, Greedy Williams, I think, was the big winner just for trying to separate himself from the pack in the eyes of NFL teams. 
Really like what I saw from my guy, Justin Lane from Michigan State. You guys have heard me kind of pound the table for him for a couple weeks now, and he gave me the performance I was hoping to see. Checked in at 6'2", 192 with 33-inch arms and an 80-and-a-half-inch wingspan. That arm length, that height, and those uh, that wingspan all above the 90 percentile for cornerbacks. He ran a very uh, respectable 4.50 flat 40-yard dash, 11-2 broad jump, 37-and-a-half-inch vert, but at his size to, to log a 6.9 three-cone and a 4.09 short shuttle, really good times. He's a guy that's a, a converted wide receiver that's only been playing the position since 2016. He's really physical, really good in press. I like him in off man. Uh, his zone instincts are something that I think are a little bit lagging, but that's something that's potentially teachable. Ball skills are there, and I think there's a lot of boxes that he checks, and I think he solidified himself as a top-five corner in this class. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those other guys that you know maybe left a bad taste in our mouth, or maybe didn't even leave a bad taste in our mouth, but we were hoping for a little bit more from guys like dude. Like we were told, DeAndre Baker was going to blow up his athletic testing, like at least on three separate occasions throughout the course of this weekend. Guess what? He didn't. And uh, Baker is a guy for me that I like, but there's also some concerns with as far as. Uh, the way he carries himself and uh, his work ethic are things that, you know, people that we've spoken with Attitude. Ha- have at least raised a flag on to say, you know, this is something you need to pay attention to. So depending on how he did in interviews, adding in the fact that he underwhelmed relative to what apparently the expectation was for him as an athlete, I thought he did fine relative to what I thought he was going to run. And then the fact that he's a scheme-specific guy that I really want to have hands-on at the line of scrimmage. I don't want him spending a lot of time outside of five yards away from bodies where he can't contact you and reroute you and then proceed to latch onto your hip from there. Uh, Baker's a guy for me that I, I have a hard time finding a spot for in the top 20, top 25. Yeah, disappointing results. And, and again, the, the attitude, work ethic concerns have been confirmed by multiple sources to both Ben and myself. So uh, it's out there. It's real stuff. Uh, I want to mention Mark Fields from Clemson. This has been an ascending football player really over the last six months. He was, he really came on down the stretch for uh, Clemson played really well in the playoffs uh, and then uh, had a really good senior bowl and had a really good combine. He ran four, three, seven in the 40, put up 18 bench press reps. feel like the light bulbs really come on for him. And he's a guy that has exciting man coverage skills and uh, really profiles well to that nickel spot. And so, you know, the NFL views that, that slot corner as a starter, going to play, you know, 60-plus percent of the snaps. And Mark Fields is a guy that I feel comfortable. I don't, I don't necessarily look at the landscape of this cornerback class and say, hey, this guy really profiles as a starting slot. I think Mark Fields could be that guy. You know who would have been nice to have in this corner class? We just talked about this. Oh, uh, Bryce. Bryce Hall. Went back to school, brother. Sad. You'd have been CB1. We're telling you right Top now. Top 15 pick for sure. No question. You anything else on these corners? You want to get to safety? I want to get to safeties here. I want to keep this ball moving. All right. Juan Thornhill. No. Joe, it's, it's only right that you, considering you told me about Juan Thornhill for the first time two years ago, I think, that, that you have the opportunity right now to go ahead and dunk, which you could definitely do if you had Juan's 44-inch vertical jump. <laughs> Yeah, Juan was awesome, man. Uh, I fell in love with Juan at the Indiana game. I was at Virginia, Indiana back in, what was that, 2017? It was like week two. Um, went up to Charlottesville for that game, and, and he popped. And, and it's great because you sometimes go into games you don't expect 
you know, I like to go into games not necessarily with a list of prospects that I want to see, but let the let the talent come to me. And he just he he really popped an amazing interception that game, really competitive, and then just he ascended every single game. And then he switched over to safety this past year, had a great season, really good ball production, uh, and he's really athletic. And we had some concerns about his athletic ability, and now we don't, right? I mean, this is a guy who comes in. He uh, runs 4-4-3 in the 40, 44-inch vert, 11-9-inch broad jump, and he just checked boxes. I mean, big-time check boxes. He may have helped himself as much as any player at any position in the entire combine. Uh, so Juan is a player that uh, does the things that NFL teams are looking for in top defensive back prospects in terms of athletic ability and game-changing ball skills. You get that in Juan Thornhill, big-time riser. How about Chauncey Garner-Johnson? Oh, yeah. Kind of came in and showed exactly he was the athlete that we thought he could be, running that 4-4-9. That's enough burst. That's enough range. I feel comfortable him as a back-end guy. This was a guy that spent a lot of time kind of up in the flats, uh, being a nickel defender, uh, defender along the line of scrimmage. He's got that versatility. He's got that burst. We know that for sure now. We know he's got a little bit of long speed, which he wasn't asked to do a whole lot of, but it doesn't mean he can't do it. So just a confirmation there as far as answering a perceived question of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to come out and run fast the way he did. Yeah, a couple of these SEC safeties. What the heck, man? Jamel Dean from Auburn, Zeldrick Woods from Ole Miss. These guys are scooting. Woods hit 4-2-9. Dean was, what, 4 3 I mean, I haven't watched their tape. John Ledger has. He didn't speak very highly of their tape. But that's the type of 40-yard dash time that's going to elevate them. I mean, even for nothing else but to say that this guy could be a gunner on, on special teams, but that's rare speed. That's, that's not good. That's not great. That's not exceptional speed. That's not even elite speed. It's rare speed and uh, anxious to get eyes on these two SEC safeties that really help themselves. How about another speedy guy in uh, Darnell Savage from Maryland? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude came out, ran, I think, 4.37 was his official time. Blazing fast. So seeing that kind of burst and range, Joe, when I watched this tape, I said, hey, you know, this, this guy reminds me a little bit of Carl Joseph. And Carl Joseph was a guy who there were some questions about his long speed at West Virginia because he was a smaller guy, asked to play up inside the box, and then he came out and he ran really, really well, and he got drafted really high. I am not saying Darnell Savage is going to get drafted that high, so everybody calm down. And Carl Joseph obviously has not translated the way you would like a pick that's picked that high too. But I can see why teams are going to like him because he's got a violence about him. He's a really good tackler. We know now he's super explosive in click and close ability, and he has really, really taken strides forward as far as his ability to play in pass coverage and not just be an impact defender moving forward against the run and being a run support defender. But, uh, Joe, really great experience this year at the NFL Combine. We thank each and every one of you, whether you were listening to the Draft Dudes, whether you tuned into the Twitch streams, swung over to thedraftnetwork.com, engaged with us on Twitter or social media, swung over and saw Instagram. Trevor Sigma did a wonderful job keeping that thing popping off all week, so we want to tip our cap to him and the rest of the Draft Network crew. We want to thank J.C. Cornell for the opportunity to be here, bringing you all this coverage. Paige Demacos for being a wonderful uh, air on-air host for us when we were on the Twitch streams, and she was uh, we were so blessed to be in her presence to do so. The queen. The queen. The petty queen. Make sure you guys come back tomorrow. we got Takes on Takes coming up. Looking forward to that, so make sure you submit your hot takes with the hashtag Takes on Takes. we got a lot already. 
So if we don't get them tomorrow, we promise we're going to get them. We're backlogging them. We get a nice little cash collected of hot takes. So uh, Kyle Krabs at Grinding Tape, Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.